Hello everyone and welcome to the sponsorship podcast. You have me, Jess Shanahan, and you've got Toby Trice here with you today. Um, we're going to be talking about features versus benefits and what the, the differences are and how can you, you can use them in your pitches and when you're talking to sponsors. But before we go into that, I want to let you know about two special webinars that, that I'm running. The first is all about building relationships with sponsors because that's one of the most vital parts of the pitch process. But in the second one, we are also going to look at the anatomy of a winning pitch. So I'm literally gonna go through line by line pitches that I've sent um, and that others have sent to see what works. So you can kind of learn more about how you can write an email and use proposals to, um, to pitch to a sponsor and get a reply and hopefully get that sponsorship money as well. Hey everyone, and thanks again for tuning in. Jess, that sounds super excited. I'm really excited to hear about your uh, your webinars, particularly the second one about the pitch emails and writing to sponsors to kind of get them them deals secured. Um, I know in, in the past we've kind of forwarded and, and switched different emails and, and different pitches that I've sent out, and it's been really, really great to sort of get your feedback on them, and it's allowed me to elevate kind of my sponsorship pitches to to different clients, and it's allowed me to gain sponsorship. So for those that are listening, um, I would really recommend sign up to Jess's webinar because already I've received so much value just off the back of looking at my pitch emails and I'm not the best writer. Um, I'm great at talking, but I'm not the best writer. So it's been really helpful having Jess on board to, to look through those and uh, yeah, just help rewrite kind of my, my emails to sponsors and it's allowed me to get, to get good business. And um, so Jess, thank you for sharing with us what you're up to in the next uh, like a few weeks, I guess, is it? Yeah, so the first one will take place on Tuesday, 7th of July, and then the second one will follow a, a week later on the 14th. And I'm, I'm really excited to, to teach those because I think I've learned a lot about pitching just from, you know, working in sponsorship and doing it myself, but then also working with drivers and, you know, tweaking their pitches. I've seen so many good and bad ones over the years, and I've seen which ones bring in results. So I'm, I'm super excited to uh, talk about that. But Today's um, podcast is about features versus benefits. So, Toby, if I could ask you to to share to begin with, like what the difference is between the two. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I think you know understanding the difference between features and benefits is super super important. Um, a lot of us know as drivers what features are. So, features are things like hospitality, um, sticker on a race car, those kind of like actual tactical things. Um, but it's really, really important to understand what benefits mean. And in sponsorship terms, it's taking those elements of, of sponsorship and understanding actually how it benefits a sponsor. So for example, hospitality being the feature, um, but what benefit is that to a sponsor? And that's where the benefits lie. So the benefit there would be the fact that they could entertain their loyal clients um, to then reward and maintain the sort of business sales increased in, in terms of loyalty. I think Jess, um, that's kind of just a, a brief kind of description of what a key, uh, you know, a key feature is and a benefit is. I know we may have been more specific, but um, but yeah, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I I've gone up and down over over the years of like how I explain this to people because some people just get it straight away, but but for others, kind of understanding the difference might be quite tough. So typically, what I say is the feature is kind of like the st the surface statement about what you offer so literally the thing like you say hospitality but the benefit is the impact that that has on the sponsor yeah and obviously hospitality is a great example because it can have so many different benefits 
So like one feature won't always have the same benefit for every single person that you speak to. And actually even for one sponsor, that, that one thing like hospitality might have a ton of benefits from, you know, engaging customers, engaging staff, networking, all of those kinds of things. And it's a really, really important distinction to make early on because then when you pitch, you're not just writing down a list of stuff that you can offer. You're showing a business exactly how it can impact them and how it can make them money. Exactly. And this ties in really nicely with with a previous episode about understanding your sponsors and getting to know them. Because if you A, don't understand what you know what you can do for a sponsor in terms of what are their goals, then how can you put what features you've got available to then benefit that business, don't you think, Jess? Yeah, you need to make it relevant. So I, I think that, you know, if you go to a business, especially if they're, they're, they haven't had any dealings in motorsport and they don't really understand it, you need to spell it out for them. So like a business might not understand that hospitality is great for networking. or They might not understand that it's great for, you know, customer engagement or employee engagement. So by spelling it out in that way, based on, you know, your research and knowing what they're trying to do, uh, they're going to be more compelled by your by your pitch, whether you're you know sending a message on LinkedIn or whether you're um, actually having like a formal pitch meeting. Being able to spell out those benefits is so important. Yeah, exactly. Because if you just go to a sponsor, hey, I'm a racing driver and I can give you hospitality tickets at Brands Hatch, most people just go, oh, great, thanks. Um, that's that's awesome. And some people that may have used hospitality before may go, oh, that's really cool. You know, I've been there, but. But actually, if you then look at solving a problem to that sponsor, that's a far better way of actually explaining how it works for them. So if you understand that perhaps one of their goals is to reward their their staff for their hard work during this pandemic, um, because obviously it's been a really, really tricky time, you can then look at a, a particular benefit for that hospitality. For example, if you was to say to that client, you know, once the lockdown's over, we can take a group of your team to Brands Hatch and give them a lovely day out with some champagne and some nice food and really reward your staff and make them feel valued you've then told them the benefit of that feature and that's way more compelling than just saying hey I've got some hospitality tickets for you and it's really really important that you understand those goals and those benefits and how you can kind of tie the two together. Yeah, exactly. And actually using that same analogy. So if you if you go to a business and say hospitality tickets, you can have five of them. That might only translate to five hundred pounds worth of, of value when you actually look at it, you know, on paper, maybe up to a thousand, depending on the kind of hospitality that you're offering. But when you say to a business that this like this kind of employee engagement and treating your employees in this way and giving them these thank yous could be the difference between retaining your, your talent or having to look for a new member of staff. And it, like recruiting staff is so expensive. So suddenly you've got this value that's probably in the tens of thousands because you're not having to spend money on recruitment agencies and ads and all that kind of stuff because you're treating your staff well and they know that they should stay with you. Yeah, and I think, you know, just on that topic, maybe kind of like a bit of a side note here is that for most companies, um, staff retention is actually a, a really, really key priority because like you say, Jess, um, hiring out and kind of finding new new staff is very expensive. And I think a lot of staff feel really valued within a company if they get if they get reward from, you know, from their employer. And, and that's, you know, that just that point is really proven at what Jess just said. A, it saves the company money in terms of recruitment, but also it makes their staff happier and more engaged and therefore can be more productive 
especially if you've got um, a sort of sales led sort of team, if you like. And if one of, you know, one of your sponsors are kind of sales focused in, you know, field marketing or something like that, then you can really reward those staff and, and they can get some genuine results in business. And that's further growth on top of it. And it elevates that kind of what would be a thousand pound for some, you know, for a box to being worthwhile and more valuable to them. Yeah. And I, I think it's really easy then to measure return on investment because what you want is at the end of, you know, a, a year or so for you to go back to your sponsor and be like, right, did your sales staff make more sales than the last year? Or did you have to recruit less than the last year? Because then the sponsor can go, well, actually, yeah, we, we made this many more sales or we did, we did this. And you can kind of then start to see the return on investment of sponsorship. But that only works if when you pitch, you go in with these benefits. Yeah, and it makes you look like you know what you're talking about. Um, because rather than, again, just talking about the, the feature, um, it shows you've got actual genuine business acumen and understand how that can actually benefit a sponsor and it makes you look really serious and I'm sure you agree Jess is that you know by having that understanding and taking that to a company and demonstrating that value delivering it and then at the end of the season actually reviewing it and showing what value you, you gain from it you're more likely then to keep that sponsor. Yeah absolutely so we've obviously talked a bit about hospitality here but should we talk about kind of the different features that most drivers are likely to offer and how you can kind of translate those features into benefits? Yeah let's do that Jess there's quite there's so many as as racing drivers isn't there there's loads of um, features that you've got at your hand and I think this is why sponsorship really separates you from sort of normal marketing campaigns is we've got so many tools to us Um, so yeah let's go through some. Yeah, so let, let's start with kind of the basic ones, the ones that are inside the box. So obviously we've, t- we've touched on hospitality. So we've talked about, you know, treating your VIP customers, looking after your staff, the networking element. I think with, with some businesses as well, like if they have product-based businesses, there could be kind of like a sales or product marketing kind of element to hospitality as well. Yeah. I, I had a sponsor for some hospitality that we did at uh, um, Silverstone and we put goodie bags on, on every table. So they were walking away with kind of all this, this great stuff from this brand. So people are going home with like hats and bottles as well as like, you know, examples of the product. So I think there's, there's that element as well. So it's kind of brand awareness, but, but the, you know, the kind of brand awareness that should lead to sales as opposed to the brand awareness that everyone touts when talking about stickers on a race car. So I kind of want to look at branding on the race car because I think drivers often put too much weight on this as like a really, really kind of good element of, of, of what it could be. But I do think there are some benefits, but they shouldn't kind of be used on their own. I agree. Yeah, I agree. You can't just rely as a you know branded stick on a race car. You can't rely on that at all. So there's so much that you can do with a race car, but yeah, you've got to look at what you know what benefit is there to a company in terms of the brand awareness. And for most businesses, brand awareness is really really key. So mm. if you can understand some of these benefits, then that is absolutely fantastic to offer to your sponsors. So I I don't know whether this comes from you know my bias as a, a content creator who's putting out loads of social content, but a lot of brands struggle to get social media content out there and blog content. And there is nothing more just cool and powerful than a branded race car. 100%. And it is like just a really nice perk, especially for smaller businesses to see their brand on a race car. So it's just cool. And obviously that's really hard to quantify in a pitch, but I, I always go in saying that it's easy content 
like the end of every race weekend we'll send you x amount of images for you to use across social media to engage with your with your audience to start conversations all of that kind of thing because even if um a business has a social media department it might be that 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 you know those social media assistants are struggling for content that's engaging exactly yes because you know those benefits that you just explained there are, are spot on you know I've spoke to a lot of businesses in the last few months and their challenge is exactly that. You know, how can we create content when we've just got a team of people in office and what do we do about that? But when you can give them then tools to, you know, have content available for them so easily, then yeah, how cool does a branded race car look? You know, it looks great for your title sponsor to have kind of a really plush looking race car with, with all their brands down the side. So the, the feature of the sticker on the car there is, is really simple but Jess just explains some amazing benefits and and ways that you can directly benefit the sponsor mm. and I, I think uh, another thing that people kind of need to think about is like when it comes to actually doing the work you need to make it as easy as possible so like there are you know drivers out there who don't send images don't send video content don't send race reports which means that if if the business actually wants to benefit from from those things, they have to chase, which they probably won't because they're busy, which means down the line when you come to renew, they'll be like, yeah, but we, we didn't actually do anything. We didn't get any of the benefits of all this content because we never actually got any. So um, I always just kind of set up a Dropbox link um, and send it to, to a, a sponsor with a like a, a brief race report usually. So then it's easy for them just to lift the images they want. But but some drivers might take that a step further. They might deliver, you know, Instagram ready square video. They might actually really think about how they can make it as easy as possible based on what they know about the um, the business. And it's not too difficult to mock up those kinds of things. And I think if you are going to go with that really visual content led angle, it's good to kind of show what you can do whether you're using Canva, like we mentioned in what the first episode, or whether we're, you know, you're using a designer or have design skills yourself, I think showcasing what you can do and how easy you can make it for a business will show those benefits even further. Yeah, again, it just it just elevates that whole feature of a stick on a race car, doesn't it, Jess? Mm. You know, you've completely transformed what that feature is then. And you've listed so many benefits and it kind of brings us nicely on to things like social media mentions. We're all quite happy and we all understand the social media world and, you know, tagging your sponsors on the pictures, making mentions and creating posts. And that's, they're really cool features, but understanding actually how that benefits your sponsors is really, really important also. So Jess, can you talk a little bit about um, social media mentions and how that is a benefit? Yeah. So I think just on its own, it's probably not a benefit because there's certain stuff that the, the business needs to do to make it work. And this is where that kind of that whole sponsorship activation thing comes in that a lot of businesses actually don't understand that we could probably set up a whole podcast about sponsorship activation. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but I think the key is it, it's getting uh, their audience and your audience involved with the brand. It's about kind of creating this, this sense of belonging that, you know, their their audience can get behind you as a racing driver so it's not just about mentioning them so your audience can find them which you know that might work it might be that if they have like a really easily accessible product that's like food or drink or maybe a, a low price clothing product it might be actually quite easy to sell in that way but the the big benefits of kind of social media come from things like doing instagram lives where you get questions 
um, and, and doing that kind of on the businesses, whether it's Facebook page or Instagram, wherever you like to do your lives. I think doing things like that is going to have so much more, more power because you, you directly need to get your audience and their audience involved and engaging actively with that brand for, for any of this kind of stuff to work. Yeah, and it kind of like falls, like you said, into the, into the kind of um, the social and following thing with regards to if their audience then gets engaged with, you know, following the racing driver's journey, they then are really on board with the brand that is also supporting them. So it makes it kind of the content that you're creating off the back of that becomes really rich and engaging, particularly when you see a lot of um, sort of posts that just flop, you know, when you post a, something on Instagram or, or a live feed and you don't get much audience, it's then hard to then understand your you know what your audience want but when you do posts like Jess has just explained they usually bring really really rich and engaged audiences with high view numbers and if the brand are operating that on their channels then that's only more beneficial for for their sort of algorithm if you like in social media and then more posts will be seen by that by that particular company so the benefit then is to the company is that they're getting more reach more impressions more engagement with their business which will allow them then to make more sales because of they've got you know better sort of brand awareness with their audience. Yeah, and one stat that I really like that's you know very businessy is that it takes five to seven touch points for a business to make a sale. So your your customer has to see from you you know some some social content. They need to hear something about you. They need to see an ad. They need to do all of these things before they'll even even consider making. Um, like a purchase so if if you're working if a brand is working with a racing driver and that racing driver is posting about that brand getting people involved that's all those touch points kind of covered so I mean that's a great stat to to kind of quote when you're talking about hey I could do social media and then there's press coverage and all these other things like there are your five touch points right there yeah um so I think really thinking about how people buy and certainly how they buy from the specific business that you're um you're pitching to and this is why research is really important think about how people buy and try and um work out how you as a racing driver can funnel people towards that buying decision it should then be quite easy to explain the benefits of whatever it is you're offering to that business exactly i mean it's it's hard to measure the exact success of that and um, because obviously over those touch points you may be involved in more or less than than others but yeah for, for businesses themselves i had that fact recently jess actually about the touch points and it's really really true i mean just as a consumer myself on a certain product that i just recently bought um i did some research i saw some press looked at social media and there, there probably was about five or six times that i was kind of looking at, at that particular product before i actually kicked the purchase and it wasn't anything particularly expensive. It was actually about £20 worth of worth of item. And, but I still kind of made that journey of all those touch points. And every little element kind of added towards encouraging me to buy. And as a racing driver, if you can kind of help influence the customer's journey to be more positive towards the brand, then the business is only going to benefit off the back of that. Yeah, and I actually have a nice example of this as well, because in our Podium Club kind of like group coaching sessions, you, me love, and Nathan. Love Podium Club. <laughs> me too. Um, we've obviously been talking about fitness a lot because um, it's, you know, it's, uh, you know, the perfect kind of time for racing drivers to be focusing on their fitness. But you guys have inspired me to do more rather than just sitting at home on my computer. And we've been talking about resistance bands and like easy ways to 
do fitness stuff at home when there's no access to a gym. And I've like looked at your recommendations for these, these resistance bands and I've looked, I've looked and they pop up on, they're now popping up on like my Amazon ads because I've looked a couple of times, um, but I still haven't bought anything because there's only been actually about three touch points, even though I know I'm going to buy, I just haven't made the actual buying decision yet. And this is a whole kind of other rabbit hole that I could go down into of, you know, the different stages of customer awareness and the buying journey. They do vary for every business, but typically, you know, it'll start with the, the buyer kind of being aware of a business, then kind of considering their product and then kind of going to that decision phase where they're trying to work out how they're going to buy, what they're going to buy, all that kind of thing. And racing drivers can actually play like a really strong part in that. And I know that's kind of slightly off topic from the benefits, but I think it's important that racing drivers understand that customer journey, because then when you're doing your research, you can kind of see that, you know, oh, this, this business has Facebook ads that I'm now being served because I went to their website. Well, that's part of the buyer journey of like delivering those touch points. So as a racing driver, you can say, you know, and then how about there's, you know, a video here with a race car or, you know, we then do an Instagram live. It's just always kind of adding to those things that a business is already doing to make it more successful. Yeah. And, and the more you've, the more understanding you've got of that, um, you know, as a driver, you're really setting yourself up for success because A, you understand the business because you've done your research. B, you understand what features you've got and exactly how they benefit those those sponsors and understand their problems and and how to solve them um and you, you know time and time again you'll just get great success and ultimately you want to benefit that sponsor because at the end of the day it's you know it's a two-way street i think in partnerships if they receive their 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 kind of um from their investment they get a return on it because of your expertise your you know what you've what you've worked towards and because you understand that journey and they're they're going to come back next season and because their investment has been well outweighed with what they've what they've returned yeah absolutely so the the other feature that i kind of want to touch on just because i think it's a good thing for drivers to offer that's actually quite easy is is having a, a race car to showcase at like trade events definitely i think this is a really important one because there's so many benefits and also the roi is quite quite clear as well so like it's really easy for businesses to to measure like how much better their you know fancy stand at a trade show has done with a race car there yeah i think like just going to trade shows i I did a bit of research obviously going to a trade show and kind of looking around and what you know what attracts me to a particular stand when you've got um generic you know trade shows it's they can be quite dull um, mm. and not inspiring to go to a business but if that business is using a race car to attract a certain kind of client then you then can look at generating, um, collecting emails, you could do competitions, prizes, but having the race car there can be a really, really cool feature. I mean, if you're a racing fan, the product might not necessarily be geared towards multiple people, but if they're then attracting people to talk as a icebreaker, if you like, with the car there, it's all branded in the company's livery, you know, then it's a really cool feature to have at, 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 the, uh, at the event. But the benefit to the sponsor, is that the fact that they're then getting more engaged conversations because more people go into the stand, they can collect more emails and more contacts so that they can then future-proof um, their own campaigns through the digital world, so online email marketing, for example. And it's all just been because of the race cars that are there. So simple, but there's so many benefits to that, that company. 
Yeah, and I know with like events like Autosport, which is kind of the obvious one that most people will be thinking about. With events like that, obviously a race car is important because it's kind of it's a very you know motorsport heavy um, event, and there's lots of fans there. But th- this actually also works for even like the most boring of trade shows. Definitely. So I, I I've been to loads when I used to work in fashion. I used to go to loads of like trade shows where it was just you know retailers and wholesalers selling off you know what they did and showcasing new lines and all of that kind of stuff. But even an industry like that, if you're going to like a, a, a menswear trade show and, you know, there are all of these buyers out there who are, you know, looking for the next um, line of clothing to stock, which is, which is typically how, you know, um, menswear fashion designers will make their money. Um, if there's a race car on that stand, it's automatically going to draw people over, which gets them closer to your products um, which which creates a talking point and you know it works in any industry whether it's engineering fashion um i don't know what other trade shows there are are there, are there like rail industry trade shows there are yeah there are yeah. you don't, don't forget there's there's like model world type trade shows there's exactly. i mean there's to be fair there's trade shows now for almost every industry um one of the ones that i'm looking to attend later in the year is to go to a facility show where people can go and and look at all the different clinics around the country and find out about IVF treatment for example but mm. I'm using a race car to bring guys to my stand um, and our you know our sponsor stand so that we can start talking about support groups and stuff like that and it's kind of um, you know there's so much you can do there's so many different places you can go and I think you mentioned um, autosport Jess I, I actually wasn't thinking anything about autosport when I was looking at the trade show sort of benefit because you actually the ones that are the ones that are quite dull and boring having a race car at those ones are going to make the biggest impact. Whereas if you have a race car, a racing type um, trade show, it's not necessarily going to have the same impact. So think about the sponsors that you've got on board at the moment and what trade shows they might be involved with. And if there's no race car there, then it's going to be a huge talking point. It's going to attract so many people because naturally it's a cool thing to have on the stand. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't even have to be trade shows where you can get this this similar kind of benefit. Like I know so many drivers that I've worked with have, have found success working with dealerships that sell similar cars to their race car. So looking at like the mini challenge, mini dealerships and BMW dealerships love having race cars on their on their forecourts for like VIP events because it makes them stand out and it gets people to those events, which means their sales staff can then do their job. Yeah, which is really cool. And another one I think as well is like most people realise um, walking through high streets and shopping centres, you tend to find kind of salesy people trying to sell you, I don't know, like a new energy company or they've got some service that's brand new. And obviously they're trying to attract you to to, to sell to you as a, as a customer walking past. And quite often, I know I do just know about you, but I actually just go, oh, no, I'm busy. I'll just walk in now, I'll come back later. And um, they might actually have something really, really beneficial for me. Um, they might have something that could literally transform my life. It could be a really great product that I need, but nine times out of ten, I'll just walk past and go, oh, "No, I'm not really, not really interested." But sometimes, even having a, a race car in a shopping centre can really attract a crowd, um, yeah. and then you're getting yourself then in front of more and more businesses and more people, and just using the race car as, a, as an icebreaker can literally transform you getting maybe twenty to a hundred signups in a day. And if the footfall's well into the thousands, you could potentially be getting thousands worth of um, signups to business. So, you know, think, thinking outside the box of, of, you know, this kind of 
feature of sticker on a race car this again we're really exploring lots of benefits here yeah yeah totally and i think the roi um of those kind of events is really clear too so if if a business is already doing these kind of events which might have you know in your research you might have seen that and that's what you're pitching this you can then you know after you've done your event you've had your race car there or maybe even a simulator there or you yourself depending on how you want to run it you can say to that business or whoever's running the event compared to last year how did you do so you can see the difference in how many leads come in yeah because with an event like this you you don't have to be responsible for every sale that's actually down to the sales staff it's actually more important to bring in those leads because typically those leads will then convert into into the sale and a business will will know that let's say their uh, their conversion rate of lead picked up at a show to an actual monetary sale will be i don't know let's say it's 10 percent for argument's sake if they know that they can bring in 100 extra leads they've got 10 extra sales so in in you as a driver pitching and saying i can help you bring in more leads at, at events and you can talk about beat the racing driver where they have to sign up first um, and do like a sim challenge or you know just having the car as a talking point or people come along to the stand to have a Q&A with a, a real life racing driver anything like that will get people to the stand and then the sales staff can bring in bring in those leads which should then convert the same rate as normal yeah no, I also think like you say just about that challenge part of um of of a trade show then is is I actually really love trade shows because I think as a racing driver um this is again perhaps another benefit or feature um as a racing driver you can bring a really really cool buzz to that stand again you're not there as a salesperson because that like you just said that's for the business to sell but you can create such a cool vibe um but understanding those those figures from one year to the next at the same trade show um again it, it forms back part of your pitch for the future as well because if they've got huge success off the back of that, again, why would they then not want to do that next year? Um, I know I would as a business owner, if, I, if there was something that worked, you'd want to repeat exactly the same thing next year because you know that that then does work. Yeah, exactly. So I, I hope this has kind of given everyone food for thought in terms of like how they put across what they, they offer, you know, in, in pitches and stuff. But for anyone that's got uh, a copy of Get Paid to Race, the Racing Mental book, all the stuff about features versus benefits is on page 61, 62, I think. So if almost you have just, the book... Almost. <laughs> oh, really? Was I close? Very close. 62, 63. Oh, okay. Good enough. <laughs> so, yeah, anyone that's got the book and you kind of want to do um, more research on this, uh, take a look on 62, 63. And obviously any questions, you can you can find Racing Mentor on on social media so you can kind of ask me and Toby whatever you want to know about this topic but before we sign off for this week's episode let's talk about our driver of the week and I think this is such a this came about in such a fun way like this is a totally unanimous decision by everyone who works with Racing Mentor but Toby you pitched the idea first so if you'd like to introduce our driver of the week yeah, mega. It was, it was um, like you say, Jess, it was very unanimous. I, I messaged you saying this has got to be our driver of the week and uh, you came back with pretty much unanimous um, outcome to that. But our driver of the week this week, and I'm super excited to announce this one, is to Mo Ritson. Mo was on the course of six weeks to success, I've said it correctly, um, when I signed up to Jess's course back in January last year. Mo's a lovely lad. 
and he's done something super, super incredible. Last weekend was the Le Mans iRacing 24 Hours eSport event, which is a huge event. The competition field is super, super tense, and he was in, obviously, a higher pro category. So Mo, his team, uh, had what I can understand quite little practice. Um, They may be able to correct me on that, but watching Mo um, on his live streams was so amazing. His ambition goal one day is to become a Le Mans driver. And what he demonstrated on this eSport event through his live stream was he's got absolutely every ounce of potential to be at Le Mans. And it was so inspiring to watch. So I tuned in through various of his stints. Um, Some was late at night. I didn't watch the the early morning ones because I was in bed asleep. But I was watching the way he was driving and how professional he was. The strategy of fuel saving was incredible. The way he managed his tires, the way he managed traffic, his communication with the team, just absolutely second to none. And I know all the team at Racing Mentor, once I messaged this to Jess, literally it was all said the same thing. So yeah, congratulations, Mo Ritson. You done amazing. And for those that are listening, their team came third in the Le Mans race, which is after 24 hours is a huge huge successful campaign for them and, and a huge congratulations to them all yeah, and uh, like it, it was so interesting that y- you sent me a message saying I think we should consider Mo and I was already thinking Mo and then I got a text from Rose who works with Racing Mentor as well saying have you thought about Mo Ritson for driver of the week and I was like yeah we're, we're okay sold okay it's definitely Mo easy but I think one thing that I like about Mo and you know he's got this this really great strong family support behind him as well and you know we we've obviously um worked with his mum Nina but the thing that I love about Mo is that he is so well spoken so professional when you meet him he's done tv work um so all of these get great kind of sponsorship qualities plus he's fast so yeah Pro, uh, definitely well deserved this week so well done Mo we're, we're very pleased to have you as our our driver of the week yeah it's incredible and and just you know just his maturity is is amazing um I've met Mo now a couple of times at um the racing mentor days and uh, autosport etc um and for a young lad he's got so much maturity and such a nice way about him that he's almost infectious I'm sure you'll agree Jess yeah absolutely so um thank you everyone for listening uh today we hope you've found this helpful as always feel free to shoot us messages on social media or if you have any questions you can email jess at racingmental.com but for now thank you very much for listening and you'll hear from us next week see you soon guys take care